Hi, and welcome to Best Practices Chats. In this podcast, I will have chats with middle school band directors from around South Carolina about best practices from their teaching that they are willing to share with you. My name is Mike Dahl, and I will be the host of these chats. If you have any questions about the information shared, if you need some clarification about something we discussed, or if you want to continue the discussion, simply email the director from this episode. I'm sure they will be willing to help. We hope you enjoy today's chat. Well, joining us today is a new-to-us band director, Alice Aldridge. Uh, he's the band director at River Oaks Middle School, but certainly is no stranger to band directing. She's uh, had a, a career um, in North Carolina for a number of years, and so Alice, tell us a little about yourself and a little bit about your school and um, just what you feel like we want to hear. Oh, thank you so much, Mike. Um, actually, I'm, thank you so much to everybody in South Carolina for being so welcoming to me. This is my first year here at River Oaks, and I just finished up 29 years teaching in North Carolina. And um, so it's been a lot of fun getting to know a lot of you. Um, I... I started teaching um, in 1989, and I started teaching at Lumberton Junior High School. And before that, I was a student at East Carolina University. And so um, I felt like that that helped mold me to be uh, the director I am, those experiences. Um, I know that um, when I was looking at some things to talk about, I knew when I was in the seventh grade that I was going to be a band director. I had that passion band and so I guess coming back to middle school because half of my teaching career has been middle school and half has been high school coming back to middle school I always keep that in the back of my mind because you never know when those kids out there in the sixth and seventh eighth grade know that this is what they're going to do and and I was I was inspired to do that by my band director the late Jimmy James I was um graduated Hope County High School, and basically he was the only band person in town. He taught elementary, middle school, and high school band. And so um, I had the privilege of having him as my band teacher, and he always made his job seem like it was fun. And so I've just kind of kept that motto throughout my teaching career, and I guess it's just kept me coming back every year. You know, is this still fun? Is this still fun? So, you know, I challenge all you guys out there to to think about those fun reasons why you come back to teaching because that's really what's the most important. As I started my job here at River Oaks, there's been a lot of challenges, you know, just trying to get used to a new area. So I kind of think about that every morning. What are the fun things that I want to get accomplished that day? What's going to be new? And um, we have a very diverse uh, school here at River Oaks, uh, very diverse backgrounds. We have a little bit of everything. Um, But I'm very fortunate that there's a huge support for the arts um, from the top down. And it's probably the first time that I've really felt this much support for the arts. So I'm very appreciative of the things that our county does. Our arts coordinator, Scott Brush, does a great job of helping us um, with our staff development and just ways that we can enrich learning opportunities for our students. So I feel very fortunate to be be a part of the Dorchester 2 school district. Well, I know they're uh, fortunate to have you as well. Well, um, what would be, what's one thing that you like to do um, just for fun that doesn't involve teaching or band, just uh, kind of a hobby that you have? Well, 
I love to shop. Um, but uh, <laughs> outside of shopping, uh, one thing that we enjoy as our family is we love to shag dance. So I guess I'm finally glad that I'm here in South Carolina because that's the official state um, dance is shag dancing. So my my son is a junior shagger, and my husband and I, we enjoy shag dancing. So nice. we try to do that as much as possible. Okay. So there's probably some places to do that here around Charleston. Oh, yeah. We we actually go to the Somerville Country Club on Monday evenings and, and, and have a little bit of fun. So. <laughs> Well, one of the things that uh, we've talked about on several of our episodes up to this point has just been sort of, you know, what, what as middle school band directors, um, you know, one of the things that's the forefront of everybody's mind right now are, are our beginners, you know, and what, how do we recruit them? How do we um, get them on the right instrument? How do we get them started and those kind of things? And so wanted to kind of move to the next thing, and that is how do we what what are some creative ways that people have come up with to um, showcase these beginners on their first concerts or their first performances? And I think you had uh, you know some um, you have something that you've been doing for a little while. So tell us a little bit about this uh, concert uh, that you do with your beginners, and you know give us a little background about you know how you, how do you get the kids ready for it, and what kind of things uh, you know do do you have them do. Uh, just any, any of that kind of stuff that could help us to figure out, you know, now that we've got them on their instrument, now we've got them playing and making sounds, hopefully that are good. Uh, what, how are we going to let their parents hear them for the first time? Yes. Well, I actually, I borrowed this from a band director in North Carolina and, and it's kind of passed around through Eastern North Carolina, but it's a, a beginner concert that's more of a scripted concert. So it gives opportunities for students to be narrators. You can uh, feature specific um, instruments and individuals on instruments, which gives opportunities for you to feature some of your stronger players or on um, their instruments and um, give them a chance to shine too, which is always great. Um, but it's something that's meant to be low stress. So I believe um, that teaching procedures from day one, where once you get those kids with the instrument, you finally are doing stuff with their mouthpieces, that all that is a part of their musical journey. And so what we try to do with this first concert is to tell the parents and show them what we've been learning in band thus far. So we take them on the musical journey with us. So it's kind of like a life in the day of a band student, which is which is kind of cool because they hear them make mouthpiece sounds, and you you put that as a part of the concert. Mm -hmm. And the, the parents are laughing. Everybody thinks it's hilarious. And, and I tell the kids, go ahead and know that they're going to laugh because, you know, now we're going to have the flutes on their head joints, and they play and they laugh, and the tubas on their mouthpieces. And so it's just funny things that the, the parents can kind of become engaged in what you're teaching their kids. They, they're really enjoying the concert, not from a, a standpoint of, all oh, this is a perfect, is that this is what my kids have been doing, that my kids have been doing in band thus far. So they really do appreciate it. And everything is scripted along the way, from how they sit in their chairs to feet flat on the floor. And you just make it... Um, make everything seem monumental i mean you know the posture part and mm -hmm. making mouthpiece sounds you just make everything seem like it's so special and so 
what I tell my kids is like a concert is the night for you to get, you know, your parents to do anything that you would like them to do. If you want to go to Sweet Frog and after the concert, then, you know, you want this to be a night that's special for you. And um, so I just want the parents to sit back at this concert and not feel like it's about playing the right or wrong notes, but it's about the fact that their, their child just started to learn an instrument, you know, a couple months ago, and now they can already do all of this together with their friends. And um, so I think that's what's so special about this concert. Um, because the rest of the concerts you do, you, I feel like at least in middle school, I'm always so stressed about, oh, are they going to play the right rhythms? Are they going to play the right notes? But this concert is more about them just having fun together with their friends and their parents are going to be impressed with anything that you do because it was better than what they had done before, which was nothing. They didn't know how to play an instrument. Right. So, well, so know, I just, it's just so much fun. When do you normally do this? Like what time of year? Well, um, here at River Oaks, I start band at the beginning of the school year. But where I was at before Northwest Cabarrus, we started midway through the school year. So I would, I would do a January start for sixth grade. And I would usually do this towards the very end of the school year, like eight, end of April. And that would be their ending concert. Um, but here at River Oaks, I'm going to do this like the end of October, first part of November. And I'm not going to plan to do like a typical holiday concert with my beginners. This is going to be their fall concert. That way I'm not stressing them out. Mm-hmm. And we can really work on the fundamentals of making really good sounds and producing sounds the right way. And um, hand positions and all the other stuff that co- goes along with just getting your beginners started the way you want them to, to end. Yeah. I like to think about getting them started the way I want them to end, not just the way I want them to cope for right now. Yeah, I think you said something pretty important there, and that was just, uh, you know, about the concert, uh, especially like, let's say, the holiday concert or Christmas concert, whatever you call it, and that is that a lot of times you're you're doing like <laughs> we get upset and, and with the state testing because we're teaching to the test, and a lot of times, especially with your beginners, as we try to get them ready for something like a Christmas concert, we're trying to, we're basically teaching to the concert as opposed to what you're saying is, you know, giving them an opportunity uh, instead of being stressed out and and worrying about those things that they're they're getting they're getting more fundamental time, which then is going to allow them later on down the road to be much more successful as opposed to trying to bang through two or three uh, Christmas concert songs. And let's face it, there's not a whole lot of stuff written for very beginners in Christmas songs besides jingle bells and and uh, up on the housetop because everything else requires more than a five or six note range. Um, so I think, you know, that's a, that's a real good point to try to, you know, let especially some of the younger directors know is you don't have to have the, these beginners on this, you know, this holiday concert. They can do a concert like we're talking about here where it can be low stress and just kind of show what you know kind of concert. And then uh, you can worry about, they're going to have plenty of other opportunities to worry about getting music ready for a, for a formal concert later, I would you know, would say. Right. And, and, and like, so far as like what I used to do is we would have a band t-shirt. So they would wear their band t-shirt and a pair of jeans. 
But um, I think even for this year, just, you know, like I said, being new to a place, I'm trying to, to figure out what might work best. I may just have them come for this concert because it's really kind of like a, a typical day in a band class mm-hmm. sort of thing. Have them wear whatever they would like to wear. Right. Like, dress like normal because that would be more typical of what that school day would be like. So I'm, I'm still touring back and forth. I think sometimes it looks really nice to have that uniformity look, but I could always say that uniform look for the spring concert when we have a little more maybe professional things to, to perform, you know, a lot right. more music to perform. This is, this is more of a segmented concert. It's like the flutes will play on their head joints and the clarinets will play on their mouthpieces. And so it's more kind of separated and segmented. And we do do some things together. Like I said, I'll be happy to share the script. Um, but you can make this work with any method book that you're doing. We make the most of a five-note scale. We think that it's the best thing since sliced bread. We talk about, you know, we could play a five, three-note scale and whole notes. A whole note gets, and the band screams, four beats, you know, so they're talking about note values. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you know, it kind of gives them a chance to play things that aren't that physically demanding so that everybody also feels successful because, you know, oftentimes you've got that trumpet that can't hit that G. Right. They might get the C, but they can't hit that G. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at least they feel good about playing their three-note scale. They might not hit the, the top there, their five-note scale, but so you give everybody a chance to feel successful in in the majority of the concert, which is what I really like about this. Now, do you do this like uh, during the school day, right after school, at a like a concert time at six or seven at night? When, when do you usually do this, or when have you done it in the past, I guess? Yeah, well, I've done it um, in, at, as an evening concert, and so um, the kids would just, you know, I've, I've done it both ways, um, where I was before traffic was really bad so a lot of times we didn't get out of school until four o'clock so i would keep my kids after school and i would practice with them not generally not always for the sixth grade concert but sometimes and um then their parents would arrive i would feed them like pizza or something their parents would arrive at 6 30 and we do the concert um just because i was trying to eliminate that traffic factor and right. parents getting off work in charlotte having to get home you know to concord and picking their kids up here i think i'm just gonna have them meet me at the school i think that will work fine um because we do get out of school a little bit earlier but we do it in the evening and it usually takes about this you know it usually takes about 30 minutes for the concert by, by the time you do the script and depends on what else you have to go along with it you know if there's sometimes i play an easy piece of sheet music if i can add that like this one song called Popcorn Prelude. Oh, yeah. I really, oh, my gosh. And the kids stand <laughs> up at different sections. They love that, that thing. so much fun, and they love it. Um, and that's no and harder. That's that's no harder than quarter notes, right? No, it's all quarter yeah. notes. And it's, um, and it's cool because their sections are already marked where they're supposed to stand up. And then it looks like popcorn going off. <laughs> yeah. And it's really cool. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. There's some other songs. And then I teach my kids some spirit songs that... I hate to say this, I, I, I kind of teach it by rote, but I don't always think that rote teaching is bad, when, especially when they're beginners. So I say, okay, we're going to play the first note of our scale, and I don't always write the rhythms out, but we do like little spirit songs, like We Will Rock You, or um, 
uh, Go Van Go, which is not popular here. Do y'all play the Go Van Go song? You mean um, that, yeah, bump, 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 that thing? Yeah! Uh, oh, yeah. No, no, nobody knows that here. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know the spirit song. I thought that was like a universal band song. So, you know, I've already taught my kids that, you know. And so we put that in the concert, and then I, I turn around and make the audience say, Go Van Go. So when, when the band goes, duh, duh, duh. I turn around, the audience goes, go, Van go. And then we play it a couple of times, and I get the parents saying, go, Van go. And I just tell them that that's a cheer to encourage us to practice mm-hmm. more not. So it's, you know, we just make it fun. Um, but the, usually the concert's about 30 minutes. Right. Which, I mean, for one grade level, you yeah. know. And, and if you're, you know, this is what I've, I found um, through all my years teaching. I used to think, oh, the parents are going to be upset. The concert's too short. They're not, especially if your concerts are in a gym, like what I've performed in most of my life, and the bleachers are uncomfortable, and the air conditioning might not be working. They want to get a video of their their kids, but they're going to be happy with whatever their kids are doing because it's their child. Right. And and so I just kind of learned that along the way. I used to worry about how long the concert, and I don't want parents to feel like they're wasting their time. A lot of times, they don't want to sit there forever and ever in a day. Right. You know, people are busy now. It's just, I mean, a lot lot more so than when I was in middle school. So, um, you know, this, like I said, this, this concert takes about 30 minutes with the narration. You could do it with another group if you wanted to. But a lot of times, I just like my beginners to showcase my beginners that night. And I don't want the seventh graders playing that night or the eighth graders because I kind of feel like it downplays what the beginners are doing. So that's just me. Well, it'd be kind of fun too to be able to show the, the those kids when they're eighth graders, show them what they sounded like at their very first performance. And, uh-huh. um, you know, I always would try to, always try to that's record it. those very first sounds that we make as a class and then, you know, show it to them two or three years later when they're getting ready to play their last concert you know, or whatever, and, they, and they're, you know, the kids are amazed. They're amazed at uh, how far they've come, and uh, I've even shown shown those those first sounds to the parents at the, you know, as those kids are getting ready to leave the school and go to the high school or whatever, and, and uh, you know, it just lets the parents go back and see again, look how far these kids have come from not even being able to put the thing together, and now they're going to the high school, and they're going to be playing, you know, in this such and such yeah. band, and, and uh, so it's, it's always really... Um, you know, fun to be able to to go back and and see what they what they sounded like and what they looked like. You know, a lot of kids would get a kick out of the fact that uh, you know what their hair looked like two years ago or three years ago and yep. um, everything else. So, well, um, what other um, <clears throat> you know, yeah, go ahead. Well, you, and you you just said something that just made me think. I'm I'm really techno challenged, but someone that was like really good. At technology, you know, another way that you could like really amp this up if you want to do it was you could put a projector and speakers and you could possibly even project after, you know, while you're doing the concert, you could either have, um, uh, you know, like maybe their very first sound right. that they made recorded and you could even put that like when we first started, man, it sounded something like this, and, you know, <laughs> you could show the recording, oh, yeah. you know, so you could maybe change this and tweak it somewhat to add that little element of technology or 
um, photographs or videos that might would make it a little more interesting too to the audience. So I, I like I like that. I've recorded it before, but I've never put it with the script. I've never done that. So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of that would be a cool twist, I think. Well, um, before we wrap it up here, what uh, do you have any other um, words of wisdom you can pass along to, um, you know, maybe young directors that are here? Here we are, one month into school, and a lot of these guys have have just um, started teaching. You know, um, literally four or five weeks ago. And um, do you have any words of wisdom for these, especially the young teachers that uh, may may be feeling like they're kind of having a hard time keeping their head above water right now? Well, I, I feel the same way. Um, Mike, you know, really hate to say sometimes it doesn't matter how long you've been doing this. You know, everybody has struggles. And one thing I would like to say to, I guess, the new teachers, um, just find a procedure that works for you and stick with it. And, and teach that to your kids and make them stick with it. I think the procedures of how things, how do they get their instruments out? What do you expect? Making sure they understand those clear expectations from the, from the, from the very start and trying to make that work every day in your classroom, I think is one of the most important things um, for young teachers. And then don't forget about tone. I think oftentimes we are rushing through this process of rhythms and reading and playing more difficult literature that we forget the most fundamental thing that we need to be teaching these kids is how to make a great sound on their instrument always. And, you know, from listening and evaluating bands here in South Carolina and in North Carolina, I feel like sometimes we 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 forget that sometimes we we're so worried about everything else. But just sit back and you got to think: How do they sound? Is that a characteristic sound? And I think that's one thing I like about this beginner concert is like I'm thinking about tone. As soon as I can get their embouchure somewhat developed, I'm I'm thinking about tone from the get go, and I. I and I try to stop them immediately, say, no, we're not playing with that kind of sound. And even though they're beginners, they can still have great sounds. They can try to make good sounds. And, you know, and I, those are the two things. Just find a procedure that works and really, really always make them listen and think about what sounds are coming out of their instruments. Yeah, I think one of the things that we, we've tried to stress a lot with uh... – with some of the younger directors that we've had at the um, CSU summer music camp has just been, you know, you really, you just, you have to have a procedure for every single thing that you're going to do. And, and um, if you don't, then you're inviting disaster. Uh, because if, if the, if you, the kids don't know what they're supposed to do, they're going to make up something. And generally it's not going to be anything that resembles what you'd really like for them to do. And I think the um, other thing that you mentioned that was, you know, was, was neat was the, just the fact that most of the time the kids are going to rise to your expectations. And if you have high expectations for something as simple as, Hey, we're all going to breathe together and start together. Or, Hey, we're, we're, we're all going to play with a good sound regardless. No, no we're, don't play like that. I don't want to hear that sound. 
And I think if, if we have high expectations for the kids, they're generally going to rise to meet those expectations. And I think one of the things that even, even um, as experienced directors that we've got to remember, not if, as long as we let them get away with it, it's the harder it's going to be for us then to go back and change those bad habits later on. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. good posture and good hand position and good embouchure. I mean, all those things are things that we got to get right from the beginning. And if we don't, we're going to have a, a whale of a hard time trying to fix that kind of stuff. Um, right. You know, because I've, I've said before, you know, it's kind of like if I let my cat jump up on the table and and it's okay for her to jump up on the table for a week and then all of a sudden, wait a minute, I don't want you up here where you're going to get my food. It's hard to get her to, to not do that because she's already had this week of being allowed to, to jump up there. And so it's it's harder to retrain her than it would have been just to, from the very beginning, not let her do that. And um, so... Well, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun chatting with you about this uh, beginner um, beginner concert and just the concept of trying to to give these kids uh, an opportunity to uh, be successful and not really feel like they've got to um, you know other other kids that are going to play and they're going to quote sound better than they do just because they're older. Uh, just you know, giving them that chance to shine on their own and let the parents kind of have a, a, a glimpse into what's been going on in class, you know, and, and I think sometimes all the parents ever hear is the squeaking and squawking and honking that they hear at home, and then you say, well, yeah, well, multiply that times 60, and that's what I get to hear every day. And uh, But then the kids, you know, every, every single day that the kids come to you, the sounds get a little bit more refined, and the things get to be a little bit more enjoyable to listen to, and, and um, you know, it's, I, I think... One of the reasons I probably have all the white hair that I have is, you know, having done middle school band for my whole career. But just, you know, it's always fun for me to hear them going from where they know nothing to by the time they come around to this first concert, you know, they really have have gone through thousands and thousands of thought processes to uh, being able to produce sounds on their instrument that really are, are starting to be enjoyable. So uh, I'm glad that you were able to chat with us a little bit about the concept, the idea that you have and that, that you've kind of borrowed. And uh, I think that's kind of the thing that everybody does. We just borrow good ideas from other people that's and right. then we're willing to share them so that other people can enjoy them too. And uh, I think that's one of the things that's really neat about the this best practices thing here in our state is uh, that people are, are, middle school directors are willing to share with each other and, and share things that work well and share things that don't work well and, uh, you know, to try to help other people to avoid some of the same pitfalls maybe they've fallen into uh, in the past. So uh, again, I appreciate you doing that and we look forward to to uh, getting to hear more from you and, and maybe you can come and be a part of some of these meetings that we have uh, throughout the year as we usually will meet at the um, Music Ed Convention and we'll usually meet um, at Allstate and just get together and we, we share tricks of the trade and share uh, things that work, and so we'd love to, to uh, in, you know, invite you to be a part of that and come share your wisdom with us. Well, I I, I would love to. Um, and my, I just want to say I just have been so impressed with all the things that I, I, I guess you help initiate all the stuff here for the middle school um, Facebook page. But I've just been very impressed by the collaboration and how you are putting this together to help these, well, all teachers, because I, I go to that page and I learn a tremendous amount. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you for all the time that you put into 
to making everyone's teaching experience a little bit brighter. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks. It's uh, it, Like I said, it, it started out sort of as a selfish thing. I said, I, I know there's somebody that's already done this, and I'm going to go ahead and borrow their idea, but I just got to find the right person. And, and it really is just kind of, uh, bloomed into something that's been a lot of fun and, and it like you said the, I think the thing that's the neatest is just the collaboration and the willingness to um, share good ideas with each other and, and try to help uh, everybody to have a more successful tomorrow you know and, and uh, so that's that's what it's all about well we appreciate it Alice and, and uh, I'll put your um, when you send me the script or whatever I'll include that in the in with on the page so they can kind of take a look at you know what you've done, and they can kind of tweak it and make it their own. And uh, I'll include your um, email address there as well, so that they can, if they have any questions, want to get in touch with, they can uh, they can do that. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks a lot. We'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed today's best practices chat. I want to thank our guest for today. If you have any follow up questions for them. I included their email in the chat description. Also, a huge shout out to South Carolina composer Josh Hinkle for our cool background music. Thanks, Josh. We hope you keep writing great stuff for Middle School Band. Join me again next time when we chat with another Middle School Band director about topics that interest you. If you have any suggestions for topics, please email me at mikeD at eastcooperbaptist.com.